0: Go, or Golang, has become one of the most sought-after programming languages in development. But what exactly makes it so appealing? In this episode, BJSS engineers Andrew Beatty and Joseph Cheverton-Wynn join Head of Academy Dan Webb to talk about their experiences of using Golang. They share five reasons why junior and experienced developers alike should add Go to their repertoire. You're listening the BJSS Deployed podcast.
1: Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome. Uh, Five reasons why you should use Golang. Uh, So I'm going to be introducing you to Andrew and Joe, who will be taking through more of this. Uh, I work in the BJSS Academy, a little bit more about that right at the end. But without further ado, I think we should hand over to Andrew and Joe. Tell us more about the top five reasons. Are these top five or just any five? Just, just five reasons, Just I think. five yeah. reasons. Yeah. Just five reasons. There are more than five, so these aren't even the top five, but but five reasons why I should use Golang. So Andrew, Joe, over to you.
2: All right. Um, I'm Joseph. Uh, I've been with BJSS, a software engineer for about coming up on two and a half years. Uh, originally, I was a placement student at the Leeds office, at the head office, and now I'm at Manchester. Um, and I'm on the Bet365 project as part of the responsible gambling team.
3: And um, I'm Andrew Beatty. I'm a software engineer for about four years. Um, I've been with BGSS just coming up to two now. I was a previous graduate for Santander Technology. And I'm also at the Bet365 um, contract working within the payments team. So I'll go a little bit into a brief history of Go, just to begin with. Um, so Go is a kind of a new language. Um, if you don't know anything about it, it kind of came around in 2009. And these three people, Ken Thompson, Robert Resimir, and Rob Pike, were kind of the main innovators behind the language. And um, they were all engineers at Google at the time. And a little bit out of context, but a snippet from an interview with Ken, which was um, when they started, it was kind of a, a pure research project, and they they kind of got together and decided that they hated C++. Now, maybe that's not the only case, but Essentially, they were looking for a language that was um, it would be easy to use, but still kind of tackle the problems and challenges that we're facing at Google at the time. And they were kind of looking at it as more of a way to uh, have a language that was more productive and scalable. Um, without further ado, we're not going down a deep history into Go, but um, I'll just hand over to Joe to give you one of the first reasons why we think you should be using it. All right, so
2: our first reason is
3: it's fast,
2: uh, and it's fast in a few ways. Uh, First off, to learn Uh, the code, we we found ourselves writing pretty simple code uh, on Bet365. It's not kind of like hidden behind millions of design patterns, as Java can often end up as. Um, So it's more or less what you read is uh, what it is. Uh, There's no hidden flow control. So if you've done C++ before, you'll know there's things like a copy constructor where magic can happen in the background that isn't obvious from the code. Um, and there's no function overloading. The function only exists with one name, and it just makes it so it's obvious immediately uh, what that code is. Uh, and next, we've got the Go Playground. So it's an online editor where you can run your code and you can embed it into websites. So you'll find lots of interactive learning tools um, that will use the Go Playground. Next, we have to compile. Uh, the language runs really fast in compilation. Uh, I built one of my APIs on project the other day, and it took like 0.3 seconds to do a release build. Um, If you ever use, uh, again, my background is Java previously. If you use like Gradle or Maven, you'll know that they're a bit slower to use. Uh, But I'll say that the turnaround in Go is just instantaneous, uh, and you have your your working binary. And next we have, it's compiled, uh, strongly typed and statically. Uh, So it's kind of in the same, uh, vein of performance as as Java and C-sharp.
3: Um, so I'll go into the second point. So Golang is also lightweight. Um, in terms of it being a minimal syntax and few re- reserved keywords, so as Joe mentioned, it's quite fast to learn uh, the language and pick it up, so a few hours to kind of get a handle on the, the syntax is is normally common, and generally the standard library isn't too bloated. Um, being a young language as it is now, I'm, I'm sure there might be bloat down the line, but Currently, it's quite, it's quite lightweight. Um, in terms of the few reserved keywords, in comparison to like C Sharp and Java, which is uh, C Sharp's 102 reserved keywords, Java's 50. Go only currently has uh, 25 reserved keywords. So even just in small things like that, you can see that it, it, it tries to push simplicity as its main key feature. Um, in terms of setup, download, and installation, the setup uh, instructions for Golang are actually very simple. It's only about four commands. And even if you're wanting to upgrade, you only need to use the first one, which would just be to remove the existing Go um, install and just uh, replace it with the updated version, um, not mess around with your path. Um, in terms of it being garbage collected, um, there's no memory management um, that you have to do up front, which you might have seen with like C, um, but this kind of, it kind of brings into inherent to the asynchronous model that it runs. So with regards to Go, the runtime scheduler um, manages what we'd consider to be green threads so or maybe like an abstraction. Um, Go's thread stack size is quite small in comparison to these. So um, the runtime scheduler has uh, got quite a few um, optimizations that means that the, the compiling is quite fast. And um, so for instance, it's not uncommon within a Go program to have hundreds of thousands of um, green threads or what they're called in Go as Go routines. And that's to kind of show that they, they are really um, pushing the, how they optimize the runtime scheduler and management of um, memory. Um, but in terms of concurrency, I'll pass over to Joe for the next step on w- what Go uses concurrency for and the importance of it.
2: Yeah. so. Uh, um the whole point of go pretty much is concurrency uh it's baked in as a first-class feature uh, and that is in the form of the go keyword so any function you can be called you can call it asynchronously in a new go routine just by putting the word go in front of where you call it um so it's, it's not like other languages where you have uh, async functions or sync functions um Everything can be called either way, which is really cool. Um, there's an article about this uh, which refers to async and non async functions and red and blue functions. Uh, it's, it's worth a read at some point if you have the time. Uh, when you have concurrent processes, you need uh, uh, to have no race conditions in how you share your memory. And the main uh, method of that is something called a channel. And I think the best way to think about this is, if you imagine a relay race, uh, the baton is kind of like the channel. So once you've passed over the baton, the next channel, uh, the next Go routine which received over the channel can start going.
3: So a little bit away from that and going into a little bit of the tooling as well. So what I would say is quite useful, and especially as a developer using Go, is that go is essentially a batteries included language i would say so with regards to testing um it's got its own testing uh, framework built in and that's via the keyword go test go's f- quick feedback loop is that you can run go test and these tests executed within a couple of seconds If that um but there's it's, it's also quite flexible in many ways um there's the options to do sub testing um, this obviously is quite useful in how it can be flexible. But then further to that, you've got these race flags that you can pass into testing. So breaking that a little bit, there's also an extension of GoTest, which is called Bench, um, or Benchmarking. So with Benchmarking, what we're essentially doing is starting to plan for optimization of our code and performance testing of our code. Um, And this is obviously a native feature for Golang as well in terms of its testing framework. So we can start actually running um, parallel tests with uh, bench and go test and sub testing, and we can start actually trying to detect if our um, application is going to be thread safe. Now, just from going through that, you can see that the testing framework, even though it can be quite simple, um, it can it can start building up and being quite complex in terms of the uh, testing conditions that you're wanting to do. So, for instance, by using sub we can have like. Um, common setup um, data or setting up common data for these tests. And then even further, obviously, we've got parallel testing, which um, can start to get um, quite heavy in terms of how we're going to look at this. But Bench will relate into Joe's next one as well, in terms of how we start looking at optimization and performance testing. Um, goes further tooling, and um, it has a doc f- functionality. And this is obviously driven by um, Commenting code, which I think quite a few languages do have, but it's it's useful to to know that it's got it built in. Um, it also has a couple of um, other features such as vet. So Go vetting is essentially running um, standard rules for your code to check if it's not doing anything funky or it's going to have anything uh, any issues. And further to that, it's got a Go fmt, and this uh, tool actually is going to be formatting it. So it's good in terms of when you're working across projects to try and keep consistency in um, how your code is laid out. And it's already built into the language. Finally, we've got go mod. Um, and it, this can be used in tandem with uh, another uh, command called go get. And that's essentially starting to look at how we use dependency management within our Go services. So I would consider this similar to maybe what you would be used in NPM package uh, management in JavaScript. But um, we can start looking at how we're dealing with its sub dependencies of a service and um, updating these uh, to keep consistent across uh, all of them. So, pushing on to Joe, he'll uh, kind of break down a little bit more about Bench and then into profiling.
2: All right. So, uh, pprof is used for performance profiling, um, which is very important when you're trying to work out whether your code can do what it needs to do and whether it can do it better. Um, And it's very easy to spin up on your Go services. You simply need to import net HTTP pprof and you start the default HTTP server in a Go routine using the Go keyword. And then you can see on the right hand side, it opens on the port and it will show you uh, a load of stats about your current running Go program. Uh, If you click on where it says Go Routine, you can then see exactly where all of the Go Routines in the program are currently waiting for. Um, So this is incredibly useful for when you're writing some highly concurrent code and you've got some kind of deadlock uh, resulting in some bad state in your program. You can tell exactly where things are going wrong. Um, Expanding on this, we can then use the PProf tool in go to take a performance profile of our code and it's periodically it pulls your program to see where everything is at the current point so you get this nice little chart showing what's calling what and how much time is being spent in each place and then you can get it in a flame chart form uh, so this is really useful for like an overall breakdown of uh, of your program's runtime um, so you can get very nice charts showing you how you've improved your code's performance. Um, yeah, p has been really powerful uh, and I've enjoyed using it when working with Go.
3: Now, I appreciate that was maybe a quick stop tour of Go. It's a little bit of a history, why we why we like using it. Um, and there's probably a lot more to delve into as, as you start picking up the language. But we kind of reviewed through the, the fast elements of Go, um, let alone just kind of learning it. Um, Obviously, our experiences of learning it have been uh, varied, but I guess Dan can talk about the Academy as well. Um, It is a lightweight language, but I think one of the most powerful things in uh, Go is obviously the ease of concurrency and being a native feature in the language compared to other languages. Um, But then coming forth into the tooling and profiling as developers on the day-to-day when we're starting to deal with concurrency and large throughput systems, we need to ensure that our systems are safe for production, and that's where the tooling and profiling built in has actually been probably one of the most outstanding parts of uh, using Go, um, ensuring that we can essentially monitor, debug, and fix our programs when 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 required. That's pretty much it from us. I'll just pass over to Dan. I think.
1: Indeed, yes. Uh, quite often we get asked, "Well, where do I start?" And what I've done is I've collected a few different. Um, resources that people have, have used and recommended uh, from various people working on various different accounts. There's Learn Go with Tests. Now, I really like this because it gets you up very quickly and and, go, and uses that built-in test framework with Go, which is fantastic. Of course, there's the official site. Now, this is where the playground lives that you will have seen, that allows you in the browser to actually run Go code. They've got loads and loads of resources there at go.dev. Uh, and something we have used recently, just internally trialing out, was uh, Tom McLeod's Go course now. Now, if you're a particular fan of a, a style where a very laconic american speaks to you uh in a very chummy fashion uh this is probably the course for you this is a really good resource they all teach you more or less the same things now getting up with the syntax is fairly fairly straightforward, fairly quick. It's then then the more complex things. So go and try out various challenges, start building HTTP servers, start start looking TCP, and especially the concurrency, it can get really tricky really quickly. So it's quick to learn the syntax, and I think it probably takes a bit longer to learn learn all the nuances, and you won't necessarily learn that in a course. That's sort of the thing you learn, you learn by doing, by experience. So recently at the Academy, uh, in the Engineering Academy, we've taken on responsibility for our Go training, so those people who've had experience maybe with uh, Python, with C-sharp, with with Java. uh, And teaching them Go, now part of it is a mindset. So we're talking about functional programming, not necessarily OO, although don't get me wrong, Go does OO extremely well, but there are nuances in there. There are things like interfaces, but that's not a classic Java interface. So it takes a little bit of time for people just to get that right in their head. But we do that over a series of weeks. We do instructor-led training. Then we go on to be building more projects again around those HTTP, TCP things, working with concurrency, and then breaking it because that's what makes everyone sad. But it's okay. You had loads of tests. So I promise you'll be safe. Uh, and then we go into much more of that project stuff. And then then we put people onto uh, projects like Bet365 where they can learn more. Um, So those are some resources to start with. You can always come and have a chat with BGSS if you'd like to learn more about Go. Um, But then I believe there's the final slide, which is very exciting, one which asks if there are any questions from the audience.
4: I see we have a question that's come in already. What is your favourite thing about Go? Joe, do you want to answer that one?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I... as I say, like, um, with the whole lightweight point, I find it incredibly easy to, like, things I normally use Python for just to pick up can easily be done in, in Go as well. Um, it's, you can just spin up a file super easily, just try something out. Um, and it's very easy just to run like multiple servers from one program. Um, it's, yeah, the, the Go keyword just makes the whole concurrency um, very easy to handle for, uh, in my experience
4: yeah I have another question that's coming as well um thanks both definitely a good intro to the language if i remember correctly go uses pointers how do you find those coming from a language that doesn't use pointers p.s it's good to see you again andrew smiley face
3: <laughs> um coming from a language that doesn't use pointers um i think it can be a little bit of a, a pitfall and. In- to be honest, we've we've seen some issues with production uh, code because people need to start figuring out how to use pointers. But um, I think when you start coming into this and start realizing how referencing and pointers work um, with Go, it, it it can it can be quite useful um, for kind of jumping between passing by reference and actually passing by value. Um, I don't really know what else to really drive on that. Joe, have you got any kind of thoughts on it coming from Java?
2: Yeah, I mean. Passing by value is nice sometimes, but of course, a pointer is good for for not doing copies everywhere, Um, but it it really depends on the struct, really. If you're doing massive structs, maybe you don't want to copy them. Um, Yeah, I mean, I've not had pointer issues, uh, especially when you use an interface anyway. Um, It becomes uh, a pointer hidden away. So Um, yeah, just play around a bit, get used to them. Uh, Works out okay.
4: Thanks, guys. Um, I might need assistance with this one as well, Dan. Um, how big is the Go dev community compared to Java? And then is that... C-sharp. C-sharp?
1: Cool. Yep. Et cetera. There's an interesting thing. So I was reading this earlier is um, the large majority, over 85% of people using Go um, have had three or more years experience in programming. So I don't think it's necessarily uh, young enough coming and being picked up by the youngsters. Um, but it is growing. So they had... I think it was ten thousand responses to their twenty twenty survey, and that was just from the Go Dev community um, around what they were using it, the size of company, that sort of thing. So, so I think it's I think it's growing. Um, I wouldn't say it's as big as the Java one, um, but we, we'll see. I guess.
3: I think I think one of the interesting things I'd add on that is that if you come across quite early on in the community, they they've specified like the Slack community. So they've even got like this own kind of open source Slack um community for Go that's quite useful to jump into. And being an open source um project as well, there's always people jumping around. And I think it's only gonna grow, to be honest, um given the language uptake.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think it was another bit on it. It was actually half of the respondents had only been using Go less than two years. So that that actually points to a to a big uptick over the last couple of years. I, I do like the next one though. Other than only knowing Java or C Sharp, why would you not choose Go? So this is, this is a turn turn the thing on the head. Why wouldn't we choose Go?
2: Uh, if if you need generic data structures, because <laughs> there's no generics just yet, but but there will be uh, next year. Yeah, um, like you'll find yourself sometimes writing like a contains function uh, to check if you have like a value in a slice. Uh, a slice being the equivalent of a list in Go. Um, yeah, no, no generics is slightly annoying every now and then, but as I say, it's coming, and it, it's not been a super big issue for our workload in particular.
3: Yeah, I think I'd I'd say onto that is that it depends on why you choose any language for a project or a service. Um, obviously, if you start thinking that this service is going to need quite um, concurrency based uh, programming or it's dealing with a lot of uh, large. Um, data structures that are, are going around so then you could maybe say okay that's probably a good use case for writing the service in go but generally it's i'd say it's, it's just down to the team and obviously the company sometimes to say well we're going to be a java team and that's it but um there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits i think in in not saying that it's just choose one over the other it's choosing one for the the right job as well
4: do you think go could replace java as a back end technology
3: um,
2: in, in terms of could go replace Java as a back end, uh yeah, I mean that's, that's basically what we're doing on uh on Bet365, um, writing lots of like backend HTTP services. Um I think in particular it shines on smaller APIs. So as we're going to like a more microservice world, um, it's like Go is just very nice to use um for that.
4: Is Go only a backend tech?
2: I think you can do WASM with it. Um, but it's not it's not a big thing as far as I know.
3: Yeah, you can you um, can do server side rendering and and pass out the templates, right? Uh,
2: yeah, but
3: yeah, it's it's not really
2: front end, is it? Um, I've I've not really looked into like doing Goasm awesome for using on the front end. Um, I, I think it is a thing, but I couldn't say much about it. I don't think it's a big thing yet. Um, easy deployment, and yeah, it has been easy to deploy, hasn't it? Uh, in in your experience, Andrew.
3: Yeah, um, some of the trade-offs we're seeing is um, the footprint that it's leaving with some of the services as well. Um, So in terms of deployment, it it obviously brings into anything that other languages would do. So if you're going into any of your pipelines or your, your, your deployment infrastructures, it's probably the same because most people end up these days are probably using Docker or some some element of that as well. So
2: to so add on to deployment, um it compiles just to a binary. So you can like compile it on one machine and just move over that that you don't need a, a runtime. So like if you were like releasing a Java thing, you'd have to um, yeah, it's just it's just all nice and packaged together is, is what I'm trying to get at.
4: I think we're all good on the questions front. Thanks everyone for coming um, and have a lovely rest of your afternoon.
3: Yeah, thanks everyone. Have a good day.
0: Thanks to Andrew, Joseph and Dan for sharing their thoughts on Go and to our events manager, Fern, for organising the discussion. You can view our latest engineering roles and opportunities at bjss.com /engineering-roles And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the BJSS Deployed podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.